0: This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. For anybody who's watching online, my name is Julie Stevens. I love Jesus and I love people. Why don't you turn to the the people that are next to you and say the same thing? I love Jesus and I love people. Amen. (laughs) Hey, so we are we are in the middle of a series called Counterculture. And I'm going to explain this to you if you have not been here, if this is the first time you've been here with us during this series, so that you understand the the, the setup of it. We are uh, speaking about the culture of the kingdom and the, the mandate that the Father has given us to live counter to the things that we see in the world around us. And here's why it's important to you, because you and I have been called to be friends Of God. And as a team, we want to build you up in that relationship with the beliefs and the values of God's kingdom. We want to see you live in a place of deep relational connection with God, with confidence and assurance. And here, here's what I don't want you to miss. It's as we do, as we enter into this lifestyle, into that place of walking with him intimately as friends, that you and I begin to see everything that we were created for starting to materialize in our lives, yeah. I am gonna ask you to turn in your Bibles with me before I pray open up your Bibles or to Matthew chapter 16 or go to your Bible app, Matthew 16. And as you're making your way there, I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for how easy it is to hear from you. Thank you for everybody who's listening to the sound of my voice, I thank you for the good plans that you have for them. I thank you for the gifts that you've given them, the dreams that you're dreaming for them. I thank you for the skill sets that they've sown, they've gone after in their own lives to help the purposes and the plans that you've marked them for to materialize. I know that they're here for a time such as this, just like me, and we want to live in the fullness of what you've designed us for. And I know that what we're going to speak about briefly today, they are key components in seeing fullness materialize in each of our lives. And so I ask you to come, Holy Spirit. I ask you to come in the name of Jesus. And to enlighten the eyes of our understanding. To cause us to see what's invisible to the natural eye. To hear what was once unlawful. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that your ministry is to reveal to us the deep things that are in the Father's heart. And the deep things that are in the heart of Jesus. To make them known to us so that we can appropriate them rightly. In our own unique ways. And see your kingdom come and your will done. Amen. Everybody said amen. Woohoo. Hey guys, I um I want to talk to you today about identity, more specifically about our identity together as the church. But I'm not actually sure how this is gonna to go today. I had an amazing time with the Lord yesterday and I put together a really solid teaching and there's a lot of prayer over it and everything inside of me is shouting don't pay that much attention to your notes You know what we need more than anything? (laughs) What I need more than anything? I, listen, I'm all about, God made me, I honor the way God made all of us. God made me for order and forward movement. Like I am anointed for that. I love order and forward movement for the glory of God and the good of people. So I function well with a good outline that has a lot of prayer into it and encounter with Jesus. But what we need, what I need, more than any type of good message from a great outline, is we need the voice of God to lead us. We, I fear, I'm hearing that, that word again, marked that Deidre told, talked to us about in, in her testimony. We were made on purpose to live by the voice of God. We need the spirit of God. I need Holy Spirit every day. And one of the things that I felt like he was saying this morning, if last night wasn't enough, he just reminded me this morning, Hey, Hey, remember those notes? Not so much. So this morning when I was driving in, I I felt the Lord say two things to, or highlight two things to me. So the Again, let me, let me explain the, um, the series. So counterculture, the reason it's a, one of the reasons why it's important is because culture, today's society, today's culture has a really loud voice, okay? And it's constantly conveying, it's looking to tell us all of its opinions, all of its beliefs in order to align us to the world's value system. You guys get that? I mean like of course you get it. You live in the world. I'm just giving language to it. But that's that's what we've got all around us. So today when I was driving and I felt like the Lord said, "Hey, counterculture." And we're again we're talking about identity today. Identity collectively as the church. Society has some things to say about the church. We want to align with what God says, but society isn't the only voice that wants to talk to us about our identity in the church. God wants us to not only counter the culture of today's society regarding identity of the church, but to counter... The culture of religious tradition that comes to make us, like, misinform us. Give us a mistaken identity as our collective, as the collective body of believers. Are you guys following me? Okay. So, I'm going to get even more in there. It's not just, I felt like the Lord was saying, religious traditions. Because if we if we have a heart hear me in love. If we have a heart and our desire really is to connect with the Lord, to be his friend, we're in process. It's not about perfection. It's about the journey, but it's about staying intimately connected at the heart level throughout every season. You guys following me? Okay. So when I hear religious tradition, what could happen for me or what might happen for you is a thought might come in and say, well, we're okay. But what if the culture in the church that Holy Spirit is highlighting for each of us individually, it's something different. But it's that one thing that is okay. But in this hour, Holy Spirit is saying globally, we're not going to do the okay anymore. It's time for the body of Christ to rise up in our most authentic Identity to be who the father claimed her to be for the sake of the good of all people and the sake of the glory of our Jesus. What if that's what Holy Spirit was saying to me today? Hey, listen, Um, the church, I mean, the society today, some of the things real quick that the society might say about the church that we could hear anytime. (laughs) If we have a tablet 24 hours a day, seven days a week, somebody somewhere is giving us An opinion that they have regarding the church. Generalized statement here. Society, today's society, in general, might say if they were giving a description of the church, it's a building. The church is the building down here on the corner, it's the building over there. Or they might say it's a religious organization. But that's not how it was in the beginning when people thought church that didn't come that those those descriptions weren't part of the identity that they formed in their they had in their mind the picture in their mind so I want to take us for a minute I know I know I don't have slides for it because <laughs> because we're not going off our notes the same um, but keep your place in Matthew chapter 16 we are going to go there but if you have your Bibles listen to Acts, or turn to Acts chapter two. And if you don't just listen to me, cause I'm going to read it. So not the whole chapter, don't freak out. So Acts chapter two, um, we are going to read verses 41 through 46. And I'll start, there you go. I'll start by saying this Acts chapter two, verses one through three, it gives us a testimony of the birth of the church. That's important. The birth of the church. You remember the story. 120 friends went up to an upper room. There was a lot of commotion. There was some wind. There was some loud noises. And then a pillar of fire shows up in the middle and decides to break off into individual shapes like tongues and land on every single person. 120 people in that upper room. That's the birth of the church. But then when we go down to verse 41, we start reading of the testimony of the church. Again, here's what we're going for. Society today thinks church and they, you say church and they think an image. That's not what was going on in the first century. In the first century, you say church, this is what people are, this is what was being said. Those who believed that day, the day that everybody was upstairs 120 and that cuz they didn't keep it up there you guys know the story they rolled down the stairways and they went into the the city around them and people were like what in the world and so verse 41 those who believed that day numbered 3000 they were baptized and added to the church Every believer was faithfully devoted and following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone, and they performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion, sharing meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. Here's again what I want to say. Yeah, no screen. <laughs> Here's again what I want to point out is that set the first century church, when, when they, people in, in the community, when they heard church, this is what they thought. It was things like this, this testimony. So, what happened? What happened? The answer is that I want to present today is that culture. made its way into the church. Culture began influencing the church. Society's culture and religious culture. I mean, that's why the book of Hebrews was written. One of the reasons why the Holy Spirit prompted the book of Hebrews. Because every page, every Every line that was written by the the author under the unction of Holy Spirit went after this deep revelation of identity of Jesus. But also deep revelation of the identity of the believer. Unto deep revelation of the identity of the church. you a question. Have you ever done any studies just for fun about revivals in history? I have. A lot of times I read about just a few people that would get together. They were hungry. They were going after God. And somewhere in the midst of it all, the presence of God became exceptionally tangible. When I think about some of those revivals that I've studied. They actually were quite messy. But if you go back to Acts chapter 2. I think it's in the 11th and the 12th verses. But somewhere in the midst of the testimony of the birth of the church. And the identity of the church being declared. It said that people. They were amazed, they were perplexed, and some mocked. Those are usually distinctives of historic revivals that we read about. Why am I bringing that up? Why am I bringing it up, Holy Spirit, I want to suggest to you just my thought right now is that it was in those moments during those occasions where revival was breaking out that the church was actually revealing her most authentic or more of her most authentic identity hunger longing desire passion for God's presence. You guys know this story. You guys know this story. Um, uh, God pulls his people out of Egypt. He calls them out of Egypt and he says, come follow me. I'm gonna take you on this journey. It was supposed to be a short journey. I'm gonna take you through this journey. I'm gonna release you. I'm gonna pull you out of Egypt, out of bondage. And I'm going gonna show up like a pillar of fire during the night, and a cloud, a collective cloud by day, and I'm going to draw you from that place of bondage, and I'm going to bring you to myself. The, the, I think the reason, I know the reasons why it's coming to me right now, I think what God is trying to say is that, listen, in those occasions where revival is been, has broken out in history, people were more concerned about gathering around the presence of God than they were about anything else it might be hard to get there meaning like you you, you know where god's breaking out over there oh my gosh it's 5 hours away you know but if you feel and he's prompted then you get in the car and you go i remember this story this testimony, I read it out of a book called, um, it's, uh, they told us their stories. It was a book written at the 100th, what is it, what's a, a centennial? What's a 100 year anniversary? Centennial, thank you. So it was written at the 100 year anniversary of the Azusa Street Revival. And it was testimonies from, that somebody wrote about. They went and interviewed all of the people that were still alive from the Azusa Street Revival. They were the children. They were the children. These guys and gals were old that they were interviewing for this book, but they got the stories of the children. And what I'm thinking of right now is one of the stories that the the one person told is that they couldn't explain it. They were children. They didn't have a language more than a child's, but this is what their testimony was. All I knew is that we would crawl as kids underneath the chairs and we would have our cups and we would scoop up the air and we would bring it home with us so that we could have what we had in that room in our room. Are we ready for the most authentic, a more of the most authentic identity of the church to be revealed on our watch, or what? We don't have to travel five hours away. We are the church. But the fire of God, the, the pillar of his presence, is still looking for those who will follow, who will be a friend of God. Jesus, let's look at something real quick that Jesus had to say regarding the church. Um, It's Matthew chapter 16. It's the first mention of church in the scriptures. I'm gonna read verses 13 through 18. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? They answered, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Then he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against us against it. So there's two things I want to highlight. The first thing is that Jesus ties the revelation of his identity to the church's identity. Go back with me. Verse 17 and eight, at the beginning of 18, Jesus said to him, blessed are you, uh, Simon Barjona, for, uh, for flesh and blood has not reveal, revealed this to you. But my Father in heaven. And also I say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock. On on this rock. On what rock? On the rock of. No. On the rock of Revelation. On the rock of Revelation. Regarding identity. Who do men say that I. Who do you say that I am? Oh, My Father revealed that to you. 1 Corinthians 2. 9 through. First Corinthians 2, 9 through 12. Make yourself a note and go there. Oh, my father revealed that to you, my identity. So I'm gonna link it together with this revelation about your identity. It wasn't Peter, even though Peter had his own experience and he walked away with greater revelation about his identity. This is prophetic about the church first mentioned. On the rock of revelation regarding identity, I will build my church. Who's the church? We are. And what does he say next about the gates of hell regarding it? Let me ask you a question. Are you ready to see hell no longer take any ground in your day-to-day life? Go after revelation of identity. But not just yours. Not just Jesus's. Not just yours. But collectively as a whole. God is going after friendship. Deep relational connection. With him, with ourselves, and with one another. Anything less is a mistaken identity regarding who we are as the church. You guys okay? I got a few more minutes. Okay. Uh, I did write this down. Psalm 25, 14. I love this passage. Guess what God does with his friends? He reveals secrets to them. That's right. And he shares revelation of his covenant. He helps us to know the deep inner meaning of the things he's spoken of us, over us, to us. Friendship with God. All right, the second thing I want you to see from the Matthew 16 passages is that um, where Jesus was as he spoke. So go with me to the beginning of 13, if we can get that back up. Verse 13, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi. Okay, so what's my point here? Jesus purposely takes his disciples and he leads them away from Jerusalem. (laughs) Jerusalem was the religious center of their day. Counterculture. Counterculture. Even regarding the church. About the church. Okay, so he he moves them away from Jerusalem, and he leads them into a place, Caesarea Philippi. You guys have heard this before, but I want you to listen to it again with fresh ears. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's got a lot, it's loaded with prophetic symbolism. He leads them into a place where the false god Pan was worshiped. That's where we get our English word for panic. So he leads them out of the religious epicenter. He leads them specifically. Jesus is always on purpose. He leads them to the gates, the, 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 the place in the city that worships the false God, Pan, that we get panic from. And he releases revelation about the church. Stay with me. Over the past two years, we have had a global Pandemic. and anxiety Hope has led to hopelessness and, and, and disappointment, dread. And Jesus stood at the gates on purpose in that moment and said, Revelation of the church is the prescription that my father has given to release the nations from panic, from Pan's influence. Our identity together as the church is very important. Hey, if you're visiting for the first time or um, you're watching for the first time online, one of the ways that, um, that when I feel God, as I start to scream. So I'll give you my apology in advance. That wasn't anything personal. It's just my volume goes up. The church rising in her true collective identity. That's the prescription the father has for what's going on the last two and a half years on the planet. Write it down. Make a note. He's not changing the direction. We're on a trajectory to glory. One step, one step, one step. This is where we're going. But I want to show you real quick, quick what that looks like. That, that ch- the, the true identity, the collective identity of the church. Can we pull up um, Ephesians one twenty three? There we go. This. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, and by which he fills everything with his presence. Listen, the church is his body, whole, with lots of interdependent parts. But in her truest essence, her greatest, her most authentic identity collectively, she is going everywhere, releasing the fullness of Jesus' presence wherever she goes. Identity is the key to everything that God has for you and for me. We're almost done. You guys can play a little bit if you want. Do you want a chair? You good? I promise. promise we're getting ready to close. You got two minutes if you guys need to go pick up your babies, but come back because we're going to do some ministry. Please. I did make a slide that I would like to put up. It gives different descriptions uh, or shows us different descriptions that the scriptures give about the church. I want to pull those up real quick. And this was easier. If you want to take a screenshot? Yes, there is a teacher in me. If you want to take a screenshot or make note of it. Here, here's why I didn't want to spend a lot of time on it. Or why the Lord made sure that I didn't spend a lot of time on it. It's because you know these things. You know the Bible verses. I know you do. But remember, as friends of God, we're living different from co- the culture of society and the culture of religion. Now, some, as that stays up, some of the things that religion wants to tell us as the church is to keep our guard up. I'm going somewhere th- with this, so stay with me, please. To keep our guards up. Religion loves to tell us in the church that we can't trust other people. Or that it's only us and Jesus. That's all that matters. Just me and the Lord. You need just time with you and the Lord. But the more time you get, just you and the Lord, if you're really connecting, you're going, you're going to be like this because He's going to get you all involved with everybody else. That's the plan. Some things, that another thing that religion loves to tell us in the church is disconnect. And here's how I'm drawing in this, this uh, slide up here disconnect or draw back if revelation of identity. Looks different. Stay with me. Drawback. Uh, be weary. Leery. That's the word. Be leery. Maybe not. I mean, they have a revelation. They're talking languages different than yours. Doesn't feel comfortable. No, Jesus is talking to me. God is talking to me about Jesus. It's just Jesus. It is just Jesus. But it's also just the Father. It's also just Holy Spirit. Here's my point. Sometimes, unintentionally as Christians, we can divide the church. Because the revelation that Holy Spirit, that God as the Trinity is looking to speak to us about, is speaking to us individually in that moment looks different than the people around us. What he's saying to the people around us. If he's speaking to you, and let me slow down. And that's not just our personal revelation about God as Father, Son, or Holy Spirit. It's also about our collective identity as the church, which is the family of God, the body of Christ, the dwelling place of the living God, the flock of God. I can't go past this one. Ones that hear his voice confidently because they hear the voice behind them saying, this is the way walking in. If you have to get your kids, please pick them up. Um, you hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way that's what the prophet said, walk in it. I want to point out right now that shepherds in the day that that was written, they led their sheep from behind. You will hear a voice behind you. That word for behind in the original language actually means from eternity past. Here's the point that I feel like Holy Spirit is saying right now. Listen, church, you might think you don't know where you're going right now, but I have mapped out your steps, and you are in a glorious process, and I have promised to get you from where you are to where I've prophesied. Just keep listening to my voice. And then there's the pride of Christ. That one makes some people uncomfortable. The bride of Christ, the bride of Christ. Yes, I am a son of God. You are the bride of Christ. I am the bride of Christ collectively with you. We are all sons of God. What is Holy Spirit saying to you regarding identity, revelation of identity? Go with him. About the Trinity and about the body, but don't let it be a device that religion, the culture of religious tradition tells you we have to pull back from them. They speak different than us. God is going for a collective unified bride, a collective unified body, a collective unified uh, flock of sheep, a collective unified dwelling place where everywhere they go, they release his presence on purpose every single moment of their life. Listen, it is really possible. It's not a works thing, it's a grace thing. You just have to find your groove as a friend of God to see how it works with you and God together. So here's the last thing that I want to ask you. Who are you connected to? Who are you connected to? Really? If you aren't connecting deeply, relationally, if you don't have a safe place in the church, if you're not if you haven't become a safe place for others in the church, I want to suggest that you're actually living under a mistaken identity according to scripture, according to God's kingdom. And so here's what I want to do. I want to invite you to stand. Come on. I want to just see what Holy Spirit might do as I just pray and pray maybe prophesy over all of us for a sec. I just speak over you that Holy Spirit is doing a work right now, right where you're standing, right where you're hearing me. And He is going after your truest identity. Identity. He is breaking off anything that came against you in the past to tell you a lie, to get you to settle in something that is not the highest vision that the Father has always, has always planned for you. I speak courage over you in the name of Jesus. to connect with the people around you the church is one body that you are a part of and you need others just as much as they need you so i release grace for you to be courageous to go with holy spirit to go with the father to go with jesus into places that he know they know that you need to go to get healed up on the inside so that you can show up as your most authentic self with, co- with with courage and confidence and humility for the sake of love. Because this is a message about identity regarding the church and everybody's still standing, I also want to speak to those who are marked. God, I thank you for those that have been called. Their identity is the fivefold. It is not just a gift. It is their identity. And so I call apostles. I call forth prophets. I call forth evangelists. I call forth teachers. I call forth pastors. I speak revelation of identity to you in the name of Jesus. 2022 is the season when the most authentic you is going to be identified. I speak open doors for you. First in heaven. Jesus, and you will meet in a place of intimacy so that anything that needs to be worked on gets worked on. But I'm declaring in the name of Jesus that before this year ends, that you will walk out in your identity as one of the fivefold and you will be an equipper that you were made to be because the rest of us need need you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to be together as one, and we're trusting you, Holy Spirit, to continue to work and knitting us together for real, one heart, one mind, for the glory of our one King. You are worthy, Jesus. We are in this because we are your friends and we love you, and we want to see you get everything the Father prophesied to you. One collective body that gives you everything because you are worthy. Amen. Guys, thanks for staying with us. Bless you, bless you. Hey, stay, talk to somebody, love on them, pray over them. We'll see you uh, in Harvard Home Groups next week.